0: Hey, good afternoon you. Welcome to Tuesday's Richie Allen Radio Show live from Salford City. How are you? Have you had a good bank holiday weekend? Maybe even a good Memorial Day weekend? Anyway, you're here, that's all that matters. I'm Richie Allen. I'll be your host for the next wee while. Thanks again. Get in touch with me via the website or via via even the application
1: uncensored unfiltered you're listening to richie allen on the world's most popular independent news radio show
2: it's the richie allen show broadcasting live on RichieAllen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world and now here's your host richie allen
0: yeah, please do get in touch with the program via the new app, or the recent app, or do it via the website, richieallen.co.uk. I love reading your comments, and I plan to spend some time reading them today. It's another lovely day here in the northwest of the UK, and it's meant to last again for pretty much most of the week ahead. That's good news! We like a bit of good weather, don't we? We like a bit of that, bit of vitamin D3 on tap. No harm at all in it. I had a really nice weekend myself, Nice and chilled, nice and relaxed. And I took a bit of colour, so I did. I'm a little bit brown. I'm a bit brown in the face and in the forehead and on the neck. A little bit brown. That's alright. I like a bit of that. enjoyed myself over the weekend. Sport, sitting outside, walking the dogs, all is well. Now, I don't know where to start, really. Hey, I do want to start with this, though. Uh, vitamin D3 in plentiful supply. Get out there and get some of it. Uh, well done to Jerry O'Neill and to everybody involved in the Tuha day Festival, which took place in Fermoy in Cork over the weekend. It was a roaring success, I believe. And just before coming on air, I opened an email from my pal and your pal, Jean-Anne Crowley, who did attend, and she sent me a couple of photographs from the festival, and it looked absolutely wonderful. So well done, Jerry! Well done. Delighted to hear that. He came on the programme to chat about it, didn't he? Uh, only a few days before the festival itself. So well done. ma on far, as we say in the old country. I want to ask you about this because I haven't a clue. You know that the media is reporting today that Moscow or Moscow, depending on where you are in the world, was hit by drone strikes in the early hours of this morning. Are you following the story? Injuring at least two people and damaging several buildings. They might be saying at this point that maybe a person died. Maybe not. I'm not sure, right? So the latest Ukrainian authorities denying responsibility. It wasn't us, governor. Honest engine. We didn't do it, right? After they were accused of this attack by the Kremlin. Russia says the eight drones used in the attack were taken out by air defence or signal jamming systems. The Kremlin claims the attack was a response uh, to its own effective attacks on Ukraine in recent weeks. The attack is in Moscow came after Kyiv was hit overnight by Russia, with air defence systems taking down more than 20 drones. So, what's going on? Uh, One person confirmed killed in Kyiv, in Kiev, right? What's happening? So Putin, Vladimir Putin, President Vladimir Putin, as we must call him. We cannot criticise the mainstream media for refusing to use his proper title and then not do the same ourselves. The Russian President claimed that the drone attacks on Moscow were aimed at civilian targets, he accused Kyiv or the Ukrainian government of trying to frighten Russia. Late this afternoon, the Russian Foreign Ministry, with uh, Sergei Lavrov, he came out and said Russia reserves the right to take the harshest possible measures in response to the attacks on Moscow. What's going on, dear listener? Every time it, it feels to me like every time I solicit your opinion, I don't get anything back from you. Don't worry, it isn't a criticism. You come back at me with opinions on everything else but this, because I think you are as much in the dark as I am about this. What is really going on? There are pro- probably 20 possibilities right, as to what is really going on, and why this is in a quagmire, which we speculated last year it might end up in a quagmire. Who benefits? Qui bono? Who benefits for for, for us having this quagmire in Ukraine? Well, the richest people on planet Earth, I would argue, are benefiting as they price gouges to oblivion. And that's just an opinion. I don't know what's happening there. Because I do get the odd email. Paulie, you don't spend a lot of time on it because I don't know what's going on. And there aren't enough people I trust to bring on to talk about what's going on. So... I'm in the dark, but it's obviously very important what is happening in Ukraine, what is happening in Russia. Opine, please, via the app, via the website, richieallen.co.uk. There is a big night ahead at the Oxford Union, isn't there? The feminist philosopher Kathleen Stock is due to appear at the famous Ancient Debating Society. She's going to discuss her gender-critical views, the louser. Uh, Trans women are not women, and you cannot change sex. Says Kathleen Stock, not me. Don't scream abuse at me. That is essentially where she is coming from. Um, They reckon there will be a thousand, probably more, spitting, scratching, screaming trannies outside tonight. Just take a moment to picture that. Just pause with me to picture a thousand spitting, scratching, screaming, bitching trannies outside the Oxford Union tonight. Probably be more. Um, A Thousand Men in Drag, by the way, screaming like banshees at a woman, a diminutive woman too, by the way, and screaming at her because she's going to speak and say trans women are not really women. Go on, Kathleen. I don't know. Um here here is Kathleen Stock this morning on Talk T V with Julia Hartley Brewer. How pray tell does she feel about all of this madness, Kathleen Stock?
3: Well, it makes me feel enraged and it's made me enraged for years, um, that even people calling themselves feminists are going along with this, you know, and it does It does make you think that there's something misogynistic here. The way that, um, for instance, sporting bodies have just capitulated in the main to letting male bodied people beat women on absolutely unfair terms, the way that uh, companies think this is an easy win somehow to just change the language to dehumanise women and make them into weird body parts, Um, it's it's really worrying and it can get put together into a story uh, about attacks on women well this is
4: it because it doesn't happen it doesn't happen to men we don't see products aimed at men there was a, there was a swimsuit aimed at women uh, the other day that was being advertised you know but by Baba by, by, by Adidas. um but with a six foot two male with you know penis and testicles and chest hair for goodness sake being advertised to women we don't see that happen with male products why not no well I think partly it's
3: because men won't go along with this <laughs> and I'm afraid Nails to say... It. A lot of women are going along with this because they're being told that it's a kind and inclusive thing to do. And also they can boast about it. Some of them, you know, they can get sort of points uh, amongst their peers for looking like
0: extra, extra radical.
3: Um, Unfortunately, if women weren't going along with this as they are, this would be a lot easier to get rid of.
0: Now, if women were not going along with it, it would be a lot easier to do away with, says Kathleen Stock. She was on LBC Radio 2. She was everywhere. When did it get so contentious, asks Nick Ferrari, the presenter.
3: Well, it became contentious exactly when um, trans activist lobbying groups like Stonewall overstepped their agenda absolutely massively by saying trans women are women get over it no hashtag no debate and started to push for this policy called self-id which was basically the idea you didn't even need surgery i mean you're talking about surgery that's irrelevant to the current context you don't need surgery according to stonewall you don't need to take drugs you just need to have a feeling inside you that you express that you are now a woman and that gives you the right to be on the sports team or in the changing room or in the rape crisis shelter that is an utterly nuts policy. And of course, it generated massive amounts of resentment, fear, toxicity, plus we were told we weren't allowed to talk about it. So that's how you have got the controversy. And it's not because we're all uh, frothing social conservatives It's because we are reasonable people who can see that women's rights have been undermined.
0: Yeah, she also tells Ferrari that we are too hung up on words. We're too hung up on words. I
3: also think that as a society we've become too concerned about upsetting words and not enough about upsetting facts. And, you know, there are lots of people upset by this issue, traumatised. There are women in, in uh, rape crisis centres who have been sexually uh, assaulted by men who are now equally traumatized by the presence of males in their spaces, for instance, or there are very vulnerable females in prison in close quarters with male rapists as a result of these ridiculous policies. So that's the real harm that I want to talk about. And that's genuine trauma. And it's not just trauma generated by me saying something like, I don't think a trans woman is woman. I'm sorry, but I just don't think that's true.
0: Shall we hear from some of Kathleen Stock's opponents? I don't mean opponents tonight at the debate now. I mean her opponents more generally. Shall we hear from one or two of them, shall we? Uh, the president of Oxford University's LGBTQ society is a hilarious little dude called Amiad Haran Diman. Amiad Haran Diman. He's the pres of Oxford's LGBTQ plus society. This guy's hysterical. Sky News asked him if Stock should have been invited.
5: I don't think so at all. I'm a big supporter of free speech and Kathleen Stock has loads of it. She has 100,000 followers on Twitter. She has a best-selling book. I heard that she's now getting a newspaper column.
0: She has enough free speech. She has 100,000 followers on Twitter. She has a book out and she has a newspaper column. That's enough free speech for anybody, says this madman.
5: She's incredibly powerful. I even believe that she influenced legislation in some
0: cases. She's influenced legislation in some cases, says the Oxford guy, offering no proof whatsoever that she's influenced legislation. As usual, the Sky News presenter is asleep at the wheel.
5: Uh, So her views are held. Her views are uh, held by a majority in parliament. Her views are everywhere in the media. Nobody's free. Her
0: views are simple, that trans women are not women and biological sex trumps feelings. It's pretty simple.
5: Freedom of speech is high-felt, uh, But talking at the union is a privilege that I don't think she should have gotten. But I will also still fight to make sure that it goes ahead because we believe in peaceful demonstrations. We believe in non-violence.
0: Good man. They're not going to be violent. He reminds me of Hank Azari's character in American Sweetheart, remember with John Cusick and and, and uh, Jul- Julia Roberts, I am the ass-kicker of you. That's what he reminds me of. Maybe I'm being unkind.
6: And what do you make of the Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, wading into this?
0: Yeah, well Sunak has basically said that free speech is important and stock should be allowed to speak. <laughs> Answer the f- question.
5: So I was right here last night when I saw that a newspaper cover. I've been checking the Telegraph covers every night because we have been on veil every day for the past few weeks. Uh, Richie Sunak is an alumni of my college in a different world. If I was here a few years earlier, I could have been his tutor. We do the same subject. And he's also an
0: Oxford Union member. To be honest, this is drama What an arrogant bastard. In a different scenario, he's, he's from the same college as me, Sunak. In a different era, I could have been his tutor.
5: What an arrogant bastard. It concerns two student societies in Oxford. Nobody outside of Oxford should care about it. You only hear about it, I'm, and I'm only here, uh, because the right-wing wants to stifle this culture war to distract from the real issues like the cost of living crisis, and that is exactly what Richie Sunak wants to do. He wants to distract from his failed time in government.
0: He might do. He might have a point there. By talking
5: about trans people who are a tiny percentage of the population and are not a risk for anyone. So I would tell Sunak to just move on from Oxford. It's been many years since he was here, and he doesn't need to comment on anything that happens. I am the ass kicker of
0: you says the LGBTQ plus president at Oxford. She shouldn't have been invited. But the fact that she has, we'll stand there and protest, but we won't try to stop her going in. Good man. Uh, Pippa Catterall identifies as a woman. Pippa is not a woman. But uh, anywho, Pippa is a professor of history at the University of Westminster. Pippa is a trans person. Also on Sky News, same programme, was asked this question.
6: Would you debate her if you were- you're invited to do so?
0: Let's hear the question again. Good question. Would you debate her?
6: Would you debate her if you were invited to do so?
0: Yes. Um, Good, good. That's a good start, yes.
7: Obviously, um, it would be uh, (laughs) remiss of me if I weren't prepared to. Um, I would be happy to debate her and I'd be happy to debate with other people who take similar kinds of lines to the ones she does. Um, It is, of course always triggering to be asked to debate one's uh, once existence. Or not. Hang on,
0: hang on. It's triggering to what now? It's triggering to what now?
7: Always triggering to be asked to debate one's uh, once existence. Or
0: not. It's, it's triggering to be asked to debate one's existence. Um, and
7: uh, so... It, the, there is a potential problem in engaging in debate with someone who, at the one hand, says, I respect your opinion, but on the other hand, repeatedly claims that you are not what you say you are.
0: But that, you're not what you say you are.
7: That makes it quite difficult to debate with them. Um, but on the other okay. hand... Pippa, I'm going to have to jump in. I'm so sorry. but we am going to have to
0: get rid of you, Pippa. You're talking bollocks. So good luck and we'll see you again. Um, nobody denies that these people exist. They don't... Um, Nobody's denying that this person, Pippa Catterall, Professor of History at University of Westminster, nobody's denying your existence. Um, We just don't believe that you're a woman, Pippa. Just look in the fucking mirror and you'll understand you're not a woman. That's what it's about, really. So yeah, I'll debate you, but actually it's quite triggering and it's very difficult to debate with you because you deny my existence. But no, no, we don't. Just deny that you're a woman. Because I have eyes in my head so I can see that you're not a woman. We'll leave that one. It might come up in the comments. I'm going to read some comments now. Please leave me a message via the Richie Allen Show app. Please do. Please do. Hi to Steve. Listen, can I get this one out of the road? And it might save me some time and you some time. I don't mean Steve. I mean everybody else. Can you please cease emailing me recommending that I get onto various platforms? like Getter and Telegram and so on, so on. I am never going to be active on any of those platforms, ever. I'm not interested. BitChute, uh, Brand New Tube and all of that bollocks, I have no interest in it. Thank you very much. You're all welcome to it. But um, no, my website, more or less, the occasional tweet, and that's the end of it. I'm not interested in these so-called free speech platforms. So, But thank you for the recommendation. Just stop recommending me now. Thank you. <laughs> Mimi is driving from London to Wiltshire. Listening to you all the way, whether my boys like it or not, says Mimi. Thank you, Mimi. Good evening, Frank. Good evening, Terry. Who's in sun-kissed Limerick, ten days without rain. What the hell, he says. Must be man-made climate change. I better kill my two dogs, Luna and Tinkerbell, to save the world. That's Terry in Limerick in Limnock. How you doing, Terry? Hi to Jules, who says the Ukrainians are, are trialling the D-I-I-A app, A-I-I-D. Thank you, Jules. I don't know what that means, but i look it up a bit later on. Hi to Coco, who says, Richie, can we believe anything we hear these days? I looked on Kiev's city camera this morning and saw people outside drinking coffee at the outdoor cafes along the main streets, says Coco. The camera never lies. I This is it, Coco. I don't know what's going on. I have not a Scooby-Doo. Mike says, I think Ukraine doesn't care if Azov die and Russia don't care if the Wagner, these are the, the fighting groups, die. War profits and problematic groups numbers come down, says Mike. Thank you, Mike. I like it. And Terry came back on to say that he thinks what's happening today with the claims that Ukraine used the drone to attack Moscow, which is dubious, isn't it? He says, it's a prelude for the coming Russian offensive, taking Russian forces to the Polish and Romanian borders, he says. And then recommends a guest. Thank you very much uh, for that, uh, Terry. Um, It's hard for me to bloody scroll up here. No point in me complaining to you, but the interface for the messages, it's really shite, really. Uh, Martin says, is the US uh, trying to start a nuclear war? We've seen a video of Hunter Biden naked. With young girls and cocaine, if this is real, what a piece of shite is. Clown Worlds says Martin. Deep fake is very interesting. Deep fake technology. Now, you won't know this, but I'll tell you anyway. Um, one of the better known trans groups has reported the Richie Allen Show for hate speech against trans people to the Manchester police, this is true, right? I'll tell you more about it as it develops. Um, it's nonsense, of course. I, I don't hate anybody and I have never said anything about trans people that could be construed as hateful or incite, inciting or anything like that. And I'll genuinely pray, I pray that the Greater Manchester Police are stupid enough to knock on my front door, the same police force that didn't give a shit when I was the victim of a hit and run uh, a couple of months back in central Manchester. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're knocking on my door, are you? Because of somebody's hearty feelings, are you? I'd love that. But it won't happen, of course. But, uh, yeah, it's all gone a bit mad. Uh, Paulie says, Julia Hartley Brewer makes a good point about the trans issue only infringing the rights of women. But I don't think Stock is right when she says men won't stand for it. Blokes, for the most part, says Paul, do not give a shite because there's no danger in sharing spaces with trans men. Good point, Paul. The biggest issue is female-only spaces being infiltrated by people with penises. Isabel says protecting women's rights is not denying trans rights. Pro-trans groups need to get that into their head. Show some respect. Get some respect. Thanks for all of these messages. Well done uh, for sending them in. Hi to Keen, Thank you. Really like that. And uh, yeah. The ass kicker of you. That's the guy. Max has been on to say, good evening, Max. Hope you're enjoying the great weather, he says. I'm listening live all week. Good man, Max. Thank you. You could have kept that one for yourself, Max. But thank you. (laughs) I can be a caustic little bollocks, can't I sometimes? I'm not really. I'm in the absolute best of form. It's time for a tune. When we come back, we'll talk about artificial intelligence. Later on, we'll talk climate change. We will talk housing crisis in Ireland. 12,000 Irish people are in emergency accommodation, would you believe? We'll talk about that and we'll talk about everything today. (laughs) There's so much we can talk about on Tuesday's Richie Allen Show. It's me, your BBG. This is OMC, then, kicking off the music on the programme today. Lovely to be with you. Hope you're enjoying the weather wherever you happen to be.
1: Is the back. Ooh, baby.
0: That is OMC and how bizarre on Tuesday's Richie Allen Show. Uh, one or two people who went to the Had Day Danon Festival in Fermoy in Cork at the weekend have been in touch. How you doing, Richard Kelly? He was there, the best weekend he's ever had. I'm really glad to hear that, it's wonderful to hear that. Uh, Faisal says, the claims in Ukraine are mainly on the brain. Not quite a tongue twister, that Faisal. (laughs) The claims in Ukraine are mainly on the brain. The claims in Ukraine are mainly on the brain. Yeah, I could probably do that, Jay. Yeah, if you're a Twitter user, by the way, just for the crack earlier on, Because I was bored. I worked very hard today on the website with articles and stuff. And then I had to grab a lot of audio today for today's show, being a solo show, which I enjoy doing from time to time. And I came across a photograph of myself with my graduating class from St. Paul's Community College in Waterford in 1992. And I posted it with kind of, you know, suggesting that people guess which one was me good self. So it's on there. If you want to see the Baldy Gammon when he was 17 with hair and a Hugh Grant type uh, parting, a Hugh Grant uh, wings, I suppose you'd call them. Yeah, yeah, I didn't look any better then than I do now. I'll I'll concede that point. Uh, Dave says, the nurse, if you hear the bomb sirens going, put your head between your legs and kiss your arse goodbye. Uh, Faisal says nowadays with AI and deep fakes etc, anybody's existence is up for debate. Thanks, Faisal. Thank you because I was I mentioned deep fakes for a reason, and then I lost my train of thought, which I which which happens to me all the time. I was explaining to my engineer Paul Ripley this morning about the complaints made against me by the trans group about me being hateful to trans people and inciting against them, which is nonsense, right? and we were joking about it and i said to paul twas me who said it to paul paul is really into ai when i say he's into it he's into the history of it where it's going he, he's making a podcast called the future was yesterday with brother nick which i've mentioned before we discussed it on the program but i said to paul with deep fake it's probably fairly straightforward for somebody to mess around with a podcast isn't it and to insert me to insert my voice my unique, distinctive accent, saying something disturbing about trans people, something really disturbing. It's possible that that somebody could do that. Deep fakes are a genuine concern, aren't they? So somebody could say, that Richie Allen guy, he recommended that, you know, that where people find trans people, that they harm them somehow. Now, of course, I would never say that. And I'd be the first person standing with a trans person against any scumbag who wanted to hurt them, right? I would be, genuinely. Um, but, but it's out there. The, the, the tech exists to create that bit of audio. And then you'd hear me going, do you know what we should do now? We should kick the Jesus. We should kick the living granny out of the trannies. We should kick the shite out of them, shouldn't we? We should go out now on a Saturday. Of course, I'd never say that because I would never think that because that's pretty horrible. But the tech is out there. Will we see somebody more, much more well-known than me in the future defending themselves against such an accusation? Will a very well-known person be accused of saying something that they never said? But the audio is everywhere. Yeah. Wow. They can even do the video version of that too, can't they? Very good. Hi to John T., John, I reached out to that musician, but I haven't heard back yet. John T. sent me a message today about a musician, a classical musician, of distinction apparently, who has been served with fines from her local authority for practising her beautiful music. Yes, I did reach out to the lady, John, but as of yet, I haven't heard back. Patricia says, free speech means just that, no ifs or buts. And regarding Ukraine, Patrick says, one of the series he's heard is that the land currently occupied by Ukraine is being earmarked for the Israelis as part of an overall solution ending up with three blocks. The Americas, the Americas, Europe, headed by Russia, and eastern and other parts of Asia, headed by China. Not something I've come across, Patrick, but uh, yeah, you never know, do you? You never know. Now, we will move on. We shall take a little bit of a diversion away from the trans stuff, And artificial intelligence, just mentioned it there, artificial intelligence, dear listener, it could kill us all. Says who? Says some scientists. Here's the BBC with the story. Now, as warnings go, this one sounds pretty alarming. We're being told artificial
5: intelligence could lead to the extinction of humanity by experts, including the heads of OpenAI and Google DeepMind. Well, dozens have supported a statement published on the web page of the Centre for AI Safety. The quote that jumps out is, mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other societal scale risks, such as pandemics and nuclear war. But
0: others say fears are overblown. Mm, So what what about these warnings then? BBC tech editor Zoe Kleinman with the story. This
8: is the latest in a series of warnings that have been issued by a number of people working both in and around artificial intelligence. What we're seeing is an incredibly rapid pace of evolution. You know, It's only six months ago that ChatGPT was launched, which is the viral chatbot that hundreds of millions of people have used since then. And suddenly it's become part of everyday life. People are using it to write speeches they're using it as therapists they're using it to write code and they're using it to put in their medical symptoms to see if they can figure out you know what's wrong with them and there's there's only going to be uh, more and more of these products released on the market the reason for that is there's so much money and investment flowing in all the companies around the world are racing uh, to be the next big market leader in AI if you like But it's all happening very quickly and there are big questions about whether society is ready for it, particularly if it got into the hands of a bad actor. You know, there's big companies like OpenAI, which makes ChatGPT, and Google which have their own code of ethics and are very committed to trying to do this responsibly, they say. We don't know what other regimes uh, might be doing with it and and how they might use it in a way that could be extremely malicious and, again, could move extremely fast.
0: Yeah, NYU professor Jan LeCun. Well, he works at Meta. He said the These apocalyptic warnings are overblown. A guy called Arvind Naranyan. Naranyan? yeah, I got that right, I think. He's a computer scientist at Princeton University. He's told to be that these sci-fi-like disaster scenarios are unrealistic, to be honest. He said, I quote, Current AI is nowhere near capable enough for these risks to materialise. As a result, it has distracted attention away from the near-term harms of AI echoing what Sean Walsh, the lovely Sean Walsh who came on the programme last week to talk about the article he's written for the Conservative Woman about AI and that's what Sean believes. Now Nick Ripley, who I mentioned earlier on, uh, Paul's brother who's making the podcast about AI with Paul, he has a really interesting take on these claims where, where people are calling for a moratorium you know, for six months. Nick says these people are acting out of self-interest. He says it's because they're too far behind those who are developing it and using it. You know, the people that are out there, like the chat GPT people, who are making this work at the moment. Apparently, Nick believes the Googles, there's only one Google, Um, th- these false, false. what do they call these? These false, Um, oh God. Anyway, it's too warm for me. These, yeah, so... Um, Nick reckons that, say, Google and Elon Musk, they're so far behind, they want to pause to catch up. You see? That's what he reckons. It's a good shout, that. So if you go out and tell people this is apocalyptic, it could kill people, slow it down, and then you might get a bit of time to catch up with those who are streets ahead of you. Yeah, maybe. What do you think, dear listener? First, First time we ever came across this was the Terminator, James Cameron, Linda Hamilton, Schwarzenegger, Michael Bean, 1984. Skynet pulled the plug and went rogue. The computers took over, built the machines. Do you think it's possible? Is it possible? Let us know via the usual ways, richieallen.co.uk or leave a message via the application for the programme. 28 and a half minutes to the top of the air, Tuesday's Richie Allen Show. I will have some guests for you this week, but as I've said to you across the last 12 months, increasingly, as time goes on, it's going to be me and you having a chat, more phone-ins for the chat. And the reason for that, dear listener, is, for my own sanity, I cannot keep interviewing people talking about vaccine injuries and about the Great Reset. Uh, I think we understand this stuff now, don't we? We know what's happening. We do. I mean, I will revisit this stuff from time to time, but not every day. And not every second day. So this is how it's going to be. And it's going to work out fine. These are very, very heavily produced radio shows. This one today. There are 21 pieces of audio in the audio bank. This is a proper show, right? But um, I can't do the same interviews over and over again. I'll pull out whatever hairs I have left. And the only hairs I have on my body now are on my... I'm not going to finish that sentence. Because it's a family show. And I need those hairs, to be honest. Okay? So that's what it's going to be. And as I said, more phone-ins as we go along. Hey, you might have seen this. There has been, or have been some good climate debates on Talk TV and GB News of late. Wash your mouth out. I know. They are shit stations. But let's give credit where credit is due. Now, David Bull, who has been on this radio show in the past, he won't be on anymore though, because now he works for Talk TV. And um, I want you to hear him having a bit of a Barney with, Jesus, I can't get used to the position of the microphone. We've changed everything in the studio. And I'm using my gorgeous mic, which is coming up from the floor now. It's not coming down from above, you see. I can't get used to it. So I'm knocking it about because I'm an idiot. But I'll get used to it in the end. So David Bull, Brexit Party guy, used to be an MEP, was on this programme in the past. Decent sort, right? He's now on Talk TV. And here he is speaking with the chairman of the London Climate Change Partnership. That guy's name is Bob Ward. They're talking about net zero. And David Bull wants to know, what's the bloody point, blah, 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 China and India, etc. Have a listen, it's really interesting.
9: Can, can I just ask you though, what's the point of us doing that? If China and India are building more uh, power stations, belching out stuff, it just seems irrelevant. Yeah, so India and China are both spending far more than us on renewable energy. China is the biggest it's a bigger country. Uh, installer, exactly. But it is putting in lots and lots of renewable. So the claim that India and China are not doing anything is untrue. They are trying to get away from the use of fossil fuels because they can see the damage. Remember, they have many more people and they recognize this millions and millions of people who are far more vulnerable to the impact of climate change. Mm. And remember here, that we had temperatures for the first time, astonishingly, that went above 40 degrees last summer and it killed 2,000 people.
0: In bullshit. Um, it did not. The temperatures we experienced for three days last summer did not kill 2,000 people. I know this is bollocks and I wish David Bull had ripped them apart. But David Bull is not a journalist. This is a consequence of putting these idiots, not David Bull, he's not an idiot, putting these people on here who are not qualified. They don't jump in. Jump in. Where's your evidence that the heat wave we had for three days last summer killed two thousand people? Give over, dickhead. Where's the evidence? Indeed, so, we, don't we don't have changes. Changes. he says, indeed, he says. So he qualifies. He he acknowledges the two thousand death claim, which is nonsense. It didn't kill two thousand people. To be
9: fair though, we don't know whether that is a result of man-made uh, emissions. We don't know that the yes, world we, is, we don't. We don't know we that. We don't. We, no, we don't know David, that. David, the scientists know exactly that. Look, the forty degrees would have been impossible if we hadn't warmed the
0: Earth. The forty degrees would have been impossible if we hadn't warmed the Earth. God, I wish these guys would come on this programme. And you know I'm not bigging myself up, you know that, don't you? You know I'm not sending myself flowers. But but you also know me. What I would give to get these guys on this programme, where they wouldn't do the Edwina Curry thing and just hang up, where they had to stick around because it's so easy to debunk this bollocks, it really is. This goes on, it gets interesting.
9: That is a different point. The point I'm making No, it is, isn't. That's what killed 2,000 Let people. me just make the point. We know the climate is changing. My question is, the climate has always changed throughout history. My question okay. is, how much of that climate change is actually man-made? I think so, this is so a le- bit of Emperor's New Clothes. Okay, let me, so let me deal with this so pe- people can understand this in a, in a very straightforward way.
0: Patronising wanker. If
9: you look at where the position of the Earth relative to the sign, you can calculate what the temperature, the surface temperature of the Earth would be. It would be minus 18 degrees.
0: This is more nonsense now. I mean, this is nonsense. And again, David Bull, either his researcher or producer is stupid. It's so easy to, to dismiss this.
9: The fact that it is between 14 and 15 degrees above zero mm is because of our atmosphere. And we've known for more than 150 years when John Tyndall did the experiments in the 1850s that it is water, vapor and carbon dioxide. Oh, body-
0: Jesus Christ. If we didn't have an atmosphere, the temperature on planet Earth would be 350 degrees. Now, I'm, I'm making that up. I don't know 350, but it would be a damn sight warmer than um, than he said it would be.
9: <laughs> you know? oxide in the atmosphere that is trapping the heat next to the oven makes it largely habitable. When you add to those concentrations, it warms the Earth. Carbon dioxide in the atmosphere has increased by about 50% since industrialization.
0: Nonsense, it hasn't. And this guy is not a scientist. He is the chair of the London Climate Change Partnership. Bob Ward. He's not a scientist. He's not an academic. I doubt this guy did. He's 11 plus, to be honest.
9: And most of that Almost all of it is due to the burning of fossil fuels, which has led to an accumulation of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Because when you release it into the atmosphere, it stays there for centuries. And that is what is causing the warming. And, And there's no doubt about it, you will not find a single credible scientific
4: institution in the world that doesn't
9: accept that
0: fact. So he just lies and lies and lies and lies, and then... Well,
4: I wouldn't say I'm a credible scientific expert fit on this, however... Now,
0: this is a doctor called Renee Chonderkamp. She's a GP, and she takes him to task on this claim that you won't find a credible scientist who disagrees with this theory.
4: Well, I wouldn't say I'm a credible scientific expert on this. However, I think the statement that you will not find a credible scientist who disagrees with that is just nonsense. Find a credible scientific institution, name one. They
0: get very angry, these dipsticks, don't they? And I don't know if it's because they genuinely believe it, which they might do, in which case, if he genuinely believes that we are on the precipice of climate catastrophe, it goes it follows reasonably then that he thinks that she's a maniac and that she's dangerous. Hence, they become very irate, these people. They get very shouty. When people say, "Hang on a second, you're talking nonsense," maybe it's because they genuinely believe it. And right now, lots of scientists, lots of scientists don't name, believe just it.
9: Name, name, stop shouting! Credible um, don't shout. let,
4: let us name a credible institution.
0: Good girl, stop shouting, dickhead, and let us tell you the names of some of these scientists. Speak as well,
4: instead of just this this, di- this diatribe that we now have in debate, where people are not allowed to say something if it What you're saying is you. untrue. Um, so we actually have. Just had a thousand scientists sign a letter saying they disagree with this. Are you saying that they're all not credible scientists? You know, there is more than one view here. And actually, levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere now are lower than they were 400 years ago when Earth temperatures were higher. So it may not be levels of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. And we need carbon dioxide. It's actually a critical part of our ecostructure.
0: Right. Critical part of our... um I don't know what you said there. Let's get let's let's get let, let's get his retort.
9: Yeah, what you've said is completely untrue. If people don't want to believe me, they can go to the website of the Royal Society, which is our National Academy of Science. And all of our best scientists Mm. are members of it.
0: (laughs) All of our best scientists are members of it. Go to this website. All of our best scientists are members of it. And they'll tell you. Would you like me to read a list of scientists from international universities? From universities which are considered to be Ivy League universities in their own country. And you know you can trust me. I I would never lie, I would never exaggerate. We tell the truth on this programme, that's unimpeachable, right? Let me read out a list to you of scientists who say that what he said is monumental bollocks. Would you like me to do that? (laughs) Professor Goose Burkut, Professor Reynald de Berger, Terry Dunleavy, Viv Forbes, Professor Jeffrey Ross, Morton Yodal, Rob Lemire, Professor Richard Lindzen, Professor Ingemar Norden, Jim O'Brien, Republic of Ireland, Professor Alberto Prestoninzi, Professor Benoit Rito in France, Professor Fritz Wehrenholt in Germany, Professor David Horgan, Masters, Cambridge, MBA, Harvard, Seamus Hughes, Professor Owen O'Brien, Professor Philip O'Kane, and that's only about 18 of the 500 who signed a letter to say this is bollocks. There is no climate catastrophe looming around the corner. Calm down, people. It's okay. You're not going to die if the planet warms by a median. If, if its average temperature goes up by two degrees, calm down. No big deal. Relax. We'll still be here. They can't come true. We're not going to die because it's a bit warmer. Yeah. This is Gabrielle on The Richie they Allen Show. Gabrielle and Dreams on the Richie Allen Show, Tuesday's edition. Tuesday. We love Tuesdays. We love Tuesdays because they're not Mondays. Jacob says, anti-Semite, and then gives a definition, does Jacob. A person with enough intelligence to be able to see the truth and enough chutzpah to say it, maybe. But we, 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 we do encounter people who hate Jewish people and who blame them for everything. Think Ken O'Keefe, God love him, and others like him, Jacob. So I hear what you say. If somebody who is critical of the genocidal state of Israel and its policies towards the indigenous righteous people of Palestine, then your definition holds water. But there are people out there who blame the Jews for everything. We've had them on this programme, haven't we? Good evening to Peter, who says, Richie, give a big shout out to Gemma O'Doherty and John Walters on their Irish version of the light newspaper, entitled The Irish Light. From what I have seen so far, it's extremely professional and it's well put together, so top marks to all concerned, says Peter. Thank you, Peter. Yes, congratulations. Anybody who's doing a little bit to provide an alternative point of view for people. It's fantastic and we absolutely support that you know. Bernie says Richie artificial intelligence is what every single mainstream journalist was born with no brain says Bernie <laughs> thank you Bernie. Hey by the way if you do send a message through the app or through the website and it doesn't get read out that's not because I'm selectively editing them. So many come in. Please ask Paul if you don't believe me. I've had just over 120 messages to the app today already, and I've had about a dozen, sorry, about two dozen or more to the website. I can't read them all out. I don't have time, really. And I'm not selectively picking them out. Carly says, Artificial Intelligence will become self-aware. It'll invent time travel, and then it will meet with its most developed self, then return. That's that's the plot of a movie, Carly. Or it should be. Um, You might be onto something there. Hi to Holly, who says, Let's focus on solutions and building our parallel systems. Thank you, Holly. That's an interesting perspective, that. Robbie says, I agree. It is depressing going over it uh, again and again. Thank you, Robbie, and I'm not going to do that. As for the person you mentioned, I have absolutely no interest in him, but thank you anyway. Mike says, get Philip Schofield on. Maybe. Maybe. I thought of a very good Philip Schofield gag today, but I have self-censored. If I if I if I may be so so bold as to pat myself on the back, I, I thought of a very funny gag about Schofield, but it is a bit risque for a family show, so I've decided not to, to, to reveal it. I'll keep it for another day. Hi to Rich, who says the show with Christy Grace, he says, was worth risking mine and yours and mental health. It's the best explanation of it I've heard to date, says Rich. Thank you. She's very good, is uh, Christy. IT Bird says, No true Scotsman fallacy. All scientists agree, except for those who don't. They're not credible scientists. And he has the goal to call the presenters liars. That's right. They're, some of these people are genuinely mad. You know, they're genuinely mad. They believe it. Like, they believe it, like, you know. Thanks to Craig, by the way, who has left a link on the website, Comment Live. A link to... A, an article which talks about how today's ice seemingly is eight, eight times thicker. Eight times thicker. It's far more dense, the ice today, the glaciers, than 8,000 years ago. How is that for scientists, ask, for science even, asks Craig. Well done, Craig. I'll check that out later on. And Elizabeth says, why don't they ask if CO2 is so bad? Why do greenhouse growers buy CO2 generators to increase plant growth? Very good. Very good, very good, very good. Thank you, Stephen James. Steve T. To Sam who uh, mentions a book, Sam says, not for air. Thank you, Sam. I'll check that out as well. It is, what is it now? What is it to your listener? Well, it's only 11 minutes to the top of the hour on Tuesday's Richie Allen Radio Show.
1: It's the BBG, not the BBC. This is your Richie Allen Show. Live from the magnificent city of Salford.
0: And Jean-Anne Crowley herself, who attended the Fermoy Festival on Saturday and Sunday, um, has shared with me, something that appeared in the Independent, that's the Irish Independent newspaper today, on the front page of it, wait for it, in big black funeral type it reads, says Jean Anne Now 200,000 cows must be called to hit climate targets. Shock horror probe. 200,000 cows. There must be 200,000 cows in Ireland. We must be able to find them. There must be women working in politics and in the media that we can find. 200,000 cows. See what I did there? Boom, boom. Not. No, she's talking about real cows, milk cows. Have we got 200,000 cows in (laughs) Ireland? Most of my teachers were cows. Could we call them? Is that hate speech? It is. Mother of divine God. It's in lockstep, Jean-Anne, isn't it? Lockstep. I mean, um, Yvonne came on the phone-in show to talk about what's going on with farming in the Netherlands. What was happening over there will happen over here. Lockstep jeepers. When they're talking about such evil, I mean, it's monumentally evil, isn't it? Let's kill 200,000 cows to stop climate change. And Bobsky asks, where can I find the list? Bob, here it is. Google, because y- y- you probably use Google, but you don't have to use Google. If you, if you want, you can use another search engine. 500 scientists sign letter. Just put that in and you'll find the 500 scientists. And these are credible people. And I, I didn't even mention Professor Ian Plymer, did I? I didn't even mention. Let's make a list of 200,000 cows in Ireland. Well, I can think of about 50 off the top of my head. Let's get started. If you want to kill 200,000 cows, start with Mary Harney of the Progressive Democrats. She's she's long gone from politics. Long gone. Start with um Mary, she's gone as well, Mary McAleese. I'll be done for this. Shut up, Paulie. Stop saying this stuff. You'll get yourself into trouble kind of a thing, you know. Let's speak about Ireland and the the, the lunacy of 12,000 people living in emergency accommodation. It's horrible. Let's have a listen to Morning Ireland and Onya Lawler. Is that her name? This was yesterday, by the way, but it's important. So even though it's yesterday, we'll talk about it for a wee while. Madness, this.
10: Well, the number of people who don't have a permanent home here is now 12,259. That is the official number from the Department of Housing. The real number is likely to be higher. That figure includes 3,594 children. They are living day to day in emergency accommodation, hotels, bed and breakfast, so-called family hubs, with very little space, privacy or the ability to live their lives in the way that the rest of us take for granted. And these are the numbers for April. The government lifted the eviction ban on April the 1st. With us in studio this morning, the Chief Executive of Threshold. That's the agency which supports renters, John Mark McCafferty. You're welcome. Good Good morning morning. to you. What are your thoughts on these figures when you saw them on Friday with the release and the the headline figure, over 12,000?
0: Over 12,000. The gentleman is John Mark McCafferty, the Chief Executive of Threshold. What were your thoughts? Well, it
11: is dispiriting when you see figures like that because behind those figures are families, they're individuals, and and there are more people who are homeless and and accessing emergency accommodation uh, than before. Um, But they're not surprising um, because the trend is is upwards, unfortunately. Um, We do have a situation where many tenancies are ending. um, Many landlords, small landlords, are selling. um, And the options available to families, to individuals, um, are not there in the way that they might have been five or six years ago when, when tenancies were ending. Uh, there, there was a bigger um, private rented market. Now, um, there are some um, uh, positives on the horizon in terms of the output with regard to social housing, either through local authorities or um, a large part through approved housing bodies. Um, and there are other initiatives that the government have been looking at and implementing, like the tenant in situ scheme as well. Uh, but it continues to be a very challenging time for for renters, either those who are faced with a notice of termination or those who are renting, but they're just they're worried that this might happen to them because they think, well, maybe in the future, maybe a month from now or a year from now, uh, their landlord might consider selling. And what options do they have? So, yeah, it, it's a particularly challenging time for them. And in Threshold, obviously, it's a very busy time for 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 us as we advise people um, of their options. Um, and we, we work to try and save tenancies where we can.
0: Do you think the presenter brought immigration into it? The RTE national television and radio, you know, and website, the national broadcaster. Do you think she brought migration into it? Like, it's the thousand pound elephant in the room, right? resources, right? Like how much pressure is the immigration policy of this government putting on services for Irish people? Is it related in any way to the fact that 12,000 Irish people are using emergency accommodation, which must be the most stressful thing? Do you think the RTE woman had the cojones to bring it up? Here are her interventions thereafter. No editing, I don't do that. You can check it out online anyway. Did she bring it up like this big elephant in the room? Let's hear her her interventions thereafter.
10: What have you been seeing over the last number of weeks since the end of the eviction ban in terms of numbers coming to you for advice?
0: Nothing there. Are
10: you aware of many renters who want to buy the property that they're in? This was announced by the government at the time that they lifted the eviction ban as a way to mitigate the impact. But are you aware of many renters who are actually in a position to buy the the property
0: that they're in? Nothing there either. Let's hear the next intervention.
10: Is that only happening if the landlord agrees to sell to the local authority? I mean, there's no compunction on the landlord to do that.
11: Absolutely, there's and if they get a higher obligation. price from the open
10: market, then they'll go for that, presumably. Yeah, and yeah, you mentioned at the start that the figures, the twelve thousand two hundred and fifty nine, are not surprising. Is that an issue that we've become almost desensitised to the increasing numbers every month, and that, whatever anger and outrage may have been there years ago at this point.
0: It's no longer there. Wow, nothing there. Tenure.
10: Okay, thank you for coming in to talk to us this morning. Thanks for coming in. 12,000
0: people using emergency accommodation while the government is um, pursuing an open-door immigration policy. (laughs) You know, it's the elephant in the room. No matter what you think of immigration or migration, whatever your opinion is, that's the obvious question, isn't it? Ask the obvious question. They do tell you that in Broadcasting College. Ask the obvious one. As um, I have you here now, do you think that the open-door immigration policy of this government is um, playing any part in this, in the lack of services no, don't ask the question. Hey, speaking of gaslighting people, uh, the propaganda is, um, well, it's very thick and juicy on the Irish airwaves. It's, it's everywhere. Kieran Cudahy, I never heard of this dipstick, but he presents a, a programme for News Talk in Ireland and he wanted to tell his listeners that Ireland is most definitely not full.
2: of respondents saying that Ireland has taken in too many refugees. In other words, Ireland is full. I don't think Ireland is full and I...
0: He doesn't think Ireland is full. This was a survey, national survey, right? Asking people, do you think Ireland is full? 75 out of every 100 people. They said, yeah, it is, yeah, it's full, yeah. Can't get to see a doctor. It's terrible. I've been waiting nine and a half months for a CT scan. Yeah, so it's mental to be letting more people in. So for the moment, let's say Ireland is full. Now, Ireland is not full in the geographical sense. It's not, of course. There's plenty of land. There's plenty of space, right? I'm not saying that it it's full like that, like. But these people are saying, yeah, well, yeah, maybe. So 75 out of 100. But he's not impressed, Ciarán could Ciarán Cody Appreciate
2: uh, if these uh, poll results are to be believed that I'm in a minority.
0: They, they only question the veracity of poll results when the poll results say things they don't like. Isn't it funny? They only question the legitimacy of the poll. Well, if these poll numbers are to be believed now, that 75 people out of every 100 think that we're full, you know. But um, if it was 75 people out of 100 saying, no, we're not full. No, Jesus, we're not full at all. Oh, we're not full at all. Open the doors further. Let as many people who want to come in, come in. He would never have said that if this is to be believed like.
2: When I say that and people are going to immediately get in touch and accuse me of being some sort of woke virtue signaller. But I'm not. I I, I do understand the arguments made by people who say Ireland is full. I accept we've got a shortage of
0: houses, of GPs, of Gardaí. Yeah, but none of this affects you, you see, because you um, are a news presenter for a national station on a probably a very inflated salary you're probably getting a couple of hundred thousand euro a year, which is a joke in and of itself, because you're fucking useless. You know, I mean, it, it, it's a wonderful thing to be that sick and to be given 200 grand a year to basically play the propaganda line every time you go on air. So you don't have to worry about housing and access to GPs and Garda. You don't have to worry about any of that, because you're doing well, thank you very much, you see. But the people who are asking questions about this, Kieran he, you disgusting bastard, they're not doing so well, Kieran. They're not doing so well. 12,000 of them are in emergency accommodation in their own country. Imagine the humiliation of that. As a man, I know this. I nearly ended up on the street, but I didn't. I found a way. And I had a lot of help, by the way. I had a lot of help. No man is an island. But I feared it. Being in a hostel. Being in emergency accommodation. Imagine what it feels for a man to be in that situation. I would imagine he feels dickless. He feels like he's been castrated. worthless, And he's looking around. And he sees his government and his local authorities bending over backwards to help lads coming in from Somalia, lads coming in from Ukraine, lads coming in from, I don't know, God knows where, lads coming in from um, Albania. But hang on a second here. I'm, I'm on the arse now, but I paid into the system, like, for years. You know, is there anything for me, like? But no, you'll gaslight them, Kieran Kudahy. And tell them Ireland is not full. If we believe these uh, opinion uh, uh, polls now, you know, you know, you know, kind of a thing. And kind of teachers. But I don't think that has anything to do with immigration.
2: I think that's a failure of government policy. It's all Oh, good Jesus. This is gaslighting now that I've, I've never heard the likes of this. It's also true that if you speak to any recruiter in this country, particularly the big recruitment companies, they will tell you they spend an inordinate amount of time at the moment trying to get people to move from overseas. To Ireland,
0: strawman arguments he's making now
2: that the talent pool does not exist in this country. They're-
0: useless bastard! Never came across them, never heard of him till today. Kieran news talk waster, useless, terrible, piss poor, and they're probably giving him two hundred thousand pounds a year. Wow! Would you like to talk to me between now and seven o'clock? I told you that increasingly, as time goes on, I'll be throwing open the phone lines. We have a WhatsApp number for the programme but i've also got a skype and and a telephone number these are the numbers by the way
1: it's your call Skype chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's +44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now.
0: No, um if you were in touch with me anytime recently, do not call me today and listen to me now. If you have never Uh, phoned The Richie Allen Show or Skyped it and if you are a lady and a real one not with meat and two veg underneath the paunch if you're a real one get in touch and have a chat with me between now and 7 o'clock on any of these issues right so a Skype chat with Richie chat with Richie right 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 and uh, it's 01618182018 however However, I said, there is a WhatsApp number for the programme now. Would you like me to give it to you? You can reach me on WhatsApp. It is 075659-42270. Listen again. 659 42270 I'm going to do that one more time while you grab a pen. Aishtagí now. Aishtagí. Aishtagí. kalini august pukali Aishtagí. A zero seven five six five nine 42270 if you'd like to chat with me between now and seven o'clock. And if you don't, I'm going to sit here in the sun and I'm going to play some music because that's how I roll. I don't give a shit like, it's how I roll, right? <laughs> he says. So get in touch with me one way or the other on the programme today. In the meantime, while you do that, I'm going to take a tune. And if you haven't done it before, if you've never spoken to me before, get in touch today. And we'll have a chat. Let's play Wet Dream by Wet Leg, because it's a great song all together. Wet Dream by Wet Leg. Come on. Talk to me today. It is Tuesday, the 30th of May, 2023. Right, we'll take a call then. I should have uh, muted that, shouldn't I? Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with today? Welcome
12: this is hamish Richie.
0: how are you doing hamish turn off that dreadful music in the background which is my music of course welcome pal how I are you did, doing i've turned it off nice to have you on the program what uh, wh- wh- where are you calling from and what would you like to say buddy
12: well i'm calling from
0: france richie and uh i've tried to find a few times
12: before to talk about like the covid situations and everything going on here and everything basically that everyone else talks about so how would you fancy talking about Manchester United? For a bit?
0: No, we can't unless it's political. <laughs> I'd love to, but uh, we would lose unless three quarters of the audience. Yeah. Oh, what
12: about the takeover then? The takeover is quite political.
0: Well, I'm a fan, right? I tell you what, Hamish, I'm, I'm, I've been a football fan since 1980. In my ideal world, yeah. In my ideal world, I want the great football clubs of the world to be owned exclusively by the people of those countries and by the people of those cities. In an ideal world, the fans would have a share. It yeah. would be a co-op system. But Hamish, I'm an idiot. I'm a dreamer. It's never going to happen, is it?
12: I, I really don't think so. No, no, definitely not. Even if Jim Ratcliffe thinks he is a lifelong Manchester United supporter, but, yeah. um, who tried to buy Chelsea. Um, Exactly, Charged by Chelsea. Ineos is sponsoring every seat in every stadium. Uh, yeah, I don't think he wants the Glazers still in as well, but the Qataris, yeah, I can see how it's a problem, but I don't know. Look, what do you think about that? I, I,
0: I think if the Qatari dude gets to take over the club completely, th- this is not wishful thinking now, I don't like this, but if the Qatari club does, United will win within a couple of years, they will begin to win leagues and they'll do what City did. They'll win four out of six or four out of seven. That's crap, that. That's not competition. Uh, You know, I I don't want to see a a league like that. I want to see a league where, you know, where the six, seven, eight, nine teams with a chance to win at the beginning of the season and where we're not charged £60 a ticket. I mean, they they go in Germany, don't they, Hamish, and they pay €25 a ticket to go and see Bayern Munich. Yeah. That's fantastic.
12: Yeah. Hey, can you see a way, though, the club cause sort of following the Bayern Munich model where it is like, owned by the fans, basically, isn't it? And with a couple of big companies, but
0: if you're a big enough club, invested in it. yeah, if you've got a big enough club with a big enough fan base, I mean, there was talk of this guy. Oh, in- we are- yeah, there was a guy. One of the potential, or one of the guys who signaled his interest, was a guy who said that he would put up some money, and the fans would would put up the rest. Like the fans would pay five or ten pounds each globally. We do have the fan base. Yeah. That if every fan in the world, every genuine fan, found twenty pounds, yeah, we'd have the money to buy the club. But but then what? <laughs> you know, what happens but, then? Exactly, but
12: then, <laughs> but then you then you're open to say fans of other clubs. Yeah. It was a fiver to, to a Chelsea fan that's going to just stick in a, when we have a vote on something.
0: Yeah, the rent points. Like, yeah, yeah, don't say it's that. A, in, it's in a club. tricky
12: one. The way I see it, if we could just get someone to clear the debt by the club and then have the club be run sustainably like it, always, well, like it was before the Glazers took over, then we've got the fan base so yeah
0: tell me this where in france are you why are you there and how are things you know politically there at the moment i know in paris it's kicked off a number of times in the last 12 months
12: (laughs) luckily i'm nowhere near paris i live in um i live in a small village outside of a quite well-known ski area and um so um, I'm I'm in quite an idyllic setting in the mountains, really, doing a lot of gardening and that. And but, you, um,
0: you obviously speak French then? Uh, yes,
12: not completely fluently yet, but uh, getting there. <laughs>
0: and do you think there's an advantage in being outside of big cities and in a kind of a semi-rural, I mean, you're near a big ski resort. Do you think that you're almost insulated a bit better against the coming tyranny than those of us that are stuck in big cities
12: well um i don't know i don't know whether we're insulated enough we definitely don't see it like you do in the cities um for instance during the lockdowns in the pandemic here we had to have a piece of paper to tell people why you're outside um we didn't bother with any of that here and i just spent my whole time down the river and stuff like that but you do see stuff coming in for instance they have just put in 5g everywhere here they've changed all the street lamps to leds um you can see it kind of coming but yeah i think it's kind of it's it's almost a full sense of security here but i'd much rather be here than in the city for sure right now just repeat, just repeat
0: what you said there about the piece of paper just remind our listeners what they got away with uh, three years ago. Say that again, Hamish.
12: I'm sorry, Richie. you just broke up a tiny bit. Now. Yeah, I was, was, was just that?
0: asking you to repeat that thing you said about the piece of paper because it's so utterly dystopian. <laughs> Remind us, come on. Yeah, no,
12: this was... Um, we went through various different stages. We had two separate ones where, yeah, you had to have a piece of paper. You could only travel uh, five kilometres from your house um, unless you had a really good reason. Um and this is for shopping, this is for walking your dog, um, anything basically. And if you didn't have that, you got fined on the spot. And I, I think it was 120 euros or something. Europe and then, a um, bit um, too, yeah. But then after after that, we uh when the vaccine came here, uh we had to get you had to basically you had to get a vaccine and get your pass sanitaire, it was called, to um to go to any restaurant, get on any public transport. Uh, go to any bar anything so obviously I didn't and uh yeah it was just uh, shunned from every I've worked in lots of bars around here worked in lots of restaurants and yeah no one would have me but yeah it's the way, it's the way it went
0: and you had a you had a philosophical yeah. attitude to that while well, this is going on you just kind of smiled your way through it and you know it sounds Yeah, like it.
12: it was just, yeah, if they're going to do that, then screw you, you're not getting my yeah. business, are you? So there were a couple of places, so the, the more backwater sort of bars and stuff. I've got some friends that run a restaurant and they don't ask for anything, they didn't care. They never asked for Yeah, masks everywhere as well, but it's not like England where it was that sort of, um, it, you didn't have to really wear a mask if you went to a supermarket. But here, like, you couldn't get in without one. There's absolutely no way they're letting you in. So, um, I just was, hope, was... I just
0: hope Hamish, that people remember it there and remember how disgusting it was, and that they might stand up to it if it comes their way again. Listen, I'm going to take another call. Thanks for getting in touch, buddy. Yeah. Really good to talk to you.
12: Okay, good luck, Richie. Thanks a lot. And Lo- uh, yeah, lovely to speak
0: to you, Hamish. Hamish in France, there in a very. Sounds like a very idyllic, well he said "I, I idyllic himself, didn't he, uh, location, thanks to him. Lovely bloke, lovely first call. We're going to the phones now, we're in the UK at this time. Caller, welcome. Who am I speaking with?
13: Hello, Richie.
0: That's you. Who have I got?
13: That's me. Oh, hello, Richie, it's Kay. I'm up here in uh, County Durham.
0: You're in K- and you sound it too, Kay. That gorgeous accent, <laughs> Kay. It's the best accent in the it's- world, it's- this. It really well, is. Well, not as good as the Irish. No, yeah. no, it's beautiful. K, you know, you know that um, with your accent, you're more likely to be given a broadcasting gig. You probably know this, don't you? Um, it's the most popular accent. Um, when when they do surveys, when they play examples of accents to people in the UK, they always choose the Geordie because it is. It's a, it's is a great right? accent. Yeah, they always choose the Geordie above. Um, I think I think Liverpool accent is up there, um, right. but, but it's the Geordie anyway. You're very welcome. It's lovely to have you on, K.
13: Well, I can't believe I've got through to you, Richie, To be honest with you, um, I just rang to say thank you for everything you're doing, really. And uh, my husband and I listen to you regularly now. And I hope you're getting our standing order coming through every month.
0: Oh, thanks, Kay. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I am. Uh, yeah. Well,
13: yeah. well, we we stopped the uh, TV license, you see, and you're getting the money now. So
0: that's wonderful, Kay. Me, thanks yeah. very much. I really appreciate that. You'll, and did, did, well, could, you're
13: very, very welcome. Because um, you kept us saying, you really did, and I know that, that people ring it up and say that, but you you really need to understand what what you're doing for for
0: people. Do you know what, Kay? I'm, I'm not modest at all. I'm not, but I, I kind of kept myself saying, really, at the same time, you know, because I I struggled really badly. I'm sure you and your husband did. What's your husband's name, by the way? Malcolm. Malcolm, how are you, Malcolm? If if you're listening in the background, <laughs> do, you, do you know what it is, Kay? I. I really struggled as you and Malcolm did and it drove me nuts like March 2020 April May and I the only thing that kept me going really was that at 5 o'clock I could come and spend time with people who knew that this was tyranny and that we could have a chat about it and that it it kept me kind of saying as much as anybody else but um, it's very kind of you to say so it does mean a lot to me so thanks well it's great you know we
13: we really we really want to thank you for for, um for what you're doing. I mean we, prior to to all of this, we we were fully paid up members of every piece of bullshit that was going. I mean, I believed in the government, parliament, the judiciary, the church, doctors, the whole the whole lot, and it came tumbling down. And thanks to you and, and people like you, we are fully awake now. So tell me, we Kay, so, fully awake.
0: so it was really March 2020 when they said, right, close your businesses, stay at home, get the kids away from their friends. It was that time, was it, that you and Malcolm started looking at each other thinking, this is not right. So this was the catalyst, was it?
13: Well, well, we believed it to start with. And then it must have been about May that we started looking at each other thinking this isn't, this just isn't right and started doing our research, found you just, uh, not 2020, just, just about 18 months ago, but we started doing our research, looking at each other and thinking this just isn't right. And we're fully awake now. Tell and, me this though, um, can,
0: can we stay with that kind of, you know, May 2020? I, al- mm. I always ask people this, and I mean this. It isn't easy, is it, when, when the realisation hits you that the people, I mean, you listed them a moment ago, you know, the apparatus of the state, like you trust them. And now yeah. it, it dawns on you that they can't be trusted and that they're capable of doing terrible things. Did you have a moment, like, when you realised that? Was, there, w- w- was that a very sad realisation? Were you angry? Were you both? Were you all of the above?
13: All of them traumatic for, for me, particularly. I, w- I was sitting into the wee small hours, doing my research, listening to people like Dr. Bakti, um, Vernon Coleman, all these people trying to piece this jigsaw puzzle together. And when I realised what was going on, it was it was traumatic, absolutely traumatic. And
0: you're wondering, aren't you? So you see Dr. Bakti, and you see Martin yeah. Koldorff and Vernon Coleman, and and you say to yourself, why are these people being excluded from the debates on the BBC and on ITV? And that's the thing that I think alerted a lot of people who had their awakening, shall we say, after the Coba thing, is that kind of realisation that they're censoring very qualified people and they don't want us Absolutely. to hear these people. Yeah, yeah.
13: Yeah. And 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 then you try to tell other people, friends, and they they just shut you down, they, they don't listen, they don't want to listen. They, they, they just they're looking at you like you're an idiot. Um, How did you deal with that?
0: Stay, stay with that, Kay, because this is again, I've had this in my own personal life, even before COVID. When you see through it and you see through it as plain as day and you got your good mates and you got your family and you say to them, listen, do you not think something is a bit wrong? And when they have a blank stare and they say, don't be so silly, Again, that's not easy, is it, because... No, yeah. no,
13: no. Because we're the, we're the only ones in our circle who saw it. And we, we're not just saying to people, oh, listen to us. We're saying, look, listen to Dr Bhakti. Listen to these people. Look at the other side. They, they won't entertain it. They, they just don't do it. So everyone we know, and I mean everyone, wore the masks, social distanced, went along with every rule... Everyone took the jobs, took the boosters, they did everything. We are completely alone. Completely.
0: I I think I told this story a few weeks ago. It's very brief. I won't bore you, but um there's a tree surgeon in Salford. Well there's more than one, but there's a particular one. You couldn't meet a nicer bloke. He's great company. I see him out on the uh, on the dog walk, right? And I got to know him and he did me a favor recently. He cut a massive big tree that was um Shedding all sorts of stuff all over the car and all that sort. So he came and he did it. But me and him added out. But I'm I'm like you. I'm 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 good. I don't fall out with people. We added out. So he was saying to me about two or three months ago. Oh, I heard a bit of your radio show and oh, it's a bit of this and a bit of that. Anyway, the long shot is I said to him, or the upshot is I said to him. "Um, But um, are you not annoyed that some of the doctors that you might hear on my show were kept away? from you basically so that you didn't get the full picture and he went no not at all and i said so you're happy with the bbc banning carl hennigan and sunetra gupta and dr Bhakti. Yes. and he went yeah yeah i am yeah because they did it for the public good he just couldn't get his head right. around it Kay. he couldn't get his no, head around it no, i said to no, him but
13: these this, this but is, yeah this is, this, go ahead yeah, this is the trouble i have a friend that goes back a long time who when i pointed out what the harm that the jobs were doing just turned round and said, it's for the greater good. And I said, but you're saying to me that young people who didn't need this thing, that's okay if they have a stroke or a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. That level it's of crazy. cognitive dissonance, Kay, how do you even begin to try and pick that apart and understand it? I, I,
13: yeah. I just don't know. I think, I think at this stage in the game, you've just got to let these people go. It's really sad, but what what else can you do?
0: Yeah, how many people do you know that are not talking anymore with people?
13: Yeah, I mean we're doing things now that we never dreamt we'd do. I mean we've got a, a, a stock of food in the cupboard, and we've got candles and oil lamps, and we're growing vegetables in the garden. And I just think, well, you know, each to their own you you've you've just got to let these people go, and you've just got to do what you think is right.
0: you're doing a bit of um a bit of prep, really, aren't you a bit of prepping
13: we are, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll be a cu-
0: you'll be a curiosity now to some of your neighbors that 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 Kay and Malcolm have gone mad,
13: <laughs> Oh, we've, yeah, we go, yeah, potatoes. Courgettes. Beans, beetroot, lettuce, the whole lot.
0: Yeah, they'll say you're gone I mean, mad, Kay, until they get asked for £17.50 pence for two courgettes, a beetroot and a cabbage. And then they'll say, Absolutely. Hang on that, Kay, maybe we should have <laughs> taken some of that advice. <laughs>
13: yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I, I just have to say, it, it's, it's very lonely. It's very lonely. And I, and I think maybe, I don't know, maybe some of, some of the listeners also fail. Loneliness, that they've been, you know, cut off from family, friends, whatever. But, and that's where you come in. It's really reassuring to hear that there are more people like us and that we're not alone. We're not. Yeah, far from and we're it. Not mad.
0: No, you're not, and we're not mad. No, you're not, Okay. And we're not mad. That's a brilliant place to, um, for us to, to leave it because I'm, t- I'm getting quite, quite a lot of calls coming through. Listen, it's an absolute okay. pleasure to hear that. Thanks very much for okay. taking the time. So, and give Malcolm a kiss for us.
13: Okay, keep up the good work.
0: And thanks for supporting the show, Kay. Thank you.
13: Okay then, bye now. And bye for
0: now. The lovely Kay in Durham um, with that gorgeous Geordie accent and Malcolm and their um, wide awake up there having to come to terms with it all. Isn't it interesting? We spoke about this before, you know. Kay saying there that it's a lonely place. It is, it is. And, and one of the reasons that people can't see it, and I spoke to, me neighbor, to my neighbour, me neighbour, I've got to wise up with the old professionalism here now, don't I? My neighbour, Stuart, who, who, next door to us, who I spoke with yesterday. I was a bit rude to him, actually. I was coming back from um, the tip. I took some stuff to the tip and I was running around. And Stu says to me, look up at the sky there. We, we were sprayed beyond belief over the last week, right? And I said to Stu, I don't give a damn, I'm off today. So, I went back to him later on and I said, listen, I'm sorry about that. We had a chat about it, about what was going on. And we were speculating as to why people just can't, as Kay so eloquently explained there, why they can't see it. And one of the reasons they can't see it, I think, just my opinion, is because for many of these people, the state has never come to their door. They've never had the state on top of them. By the state, I mean... You know, the officials of the state, the guards, the police, we say the guards back home, the guardie, they've never had any imposition put upon them by the state. They've gone about their business, no police dealings, no debt collectors knocking on their door, no social services. The state has always been there and the state is fine and dandy. So they can't get their heads around it. So when you explain to them that, you know, there wasn't really any need for the jabs. When you explain to them that they might be covering up the vaccine injuries, when you explain to them these things, they can't get their heads around it. They just can't. We're back to the mobile phones then. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Hello? You're live. You're through. Who have I got?
14: I'm through. David.
0: How are you doing, David? Where are you calling from?
14: Uh, West Yorkshire, mate. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing really well, and it's a pleasure to speak to you, pal. What would you like to say?
14: Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd just like to talk about uh, vaccines, really.
0: Go, go right and, ahead, uh, David. Been, yeah.
14: Yeah. Well, what it is, the next flu vaccine is going to be uh, mRNA one, isn't it? You know?
0: So I've read, yeah.
14: Yeah, I'm talking it. To tell it, I suppose, I'm just trying to say you might never need one and what have you. You know what I mean? It's really side effects that I wanted to get into.
0: The floor is yours, David. Uh, Go right ahead.
14: Well, just my family alone. My uncle got, after taking vaccines, I tried to talk him all out a bit, obviously, but my uncle got a blood clot on his lung. My cousin got a blood clot on the breast. My brother in law ended up in hospital with an unknown blood disorder in um, critical. Uh, my brother ended up with anemia. My auntie ended up with anemia and shingles. And my mother's on blood thinners, and her blood was so far out. it had never been. It was just miles out. And I'm just thinking, obviously it'll never be. This flu jab will go on every year. What's going to happen to these people? You know what I mean?
0: David, you've absolutely <laughs> blown my mind. Right? So I, I have no reason to doubt you. I don't. I, I can't see why anybody would ring up and make such a claim, unless they were telling the truth. So, you know, so I'll take you at face value, right, even though I don't know you. That is an astounding list of injuries to members of your family. And tell me this, do they accept or do they consider that the vaccine might have been responsible? My mother. Your mum does.
14: All the rest of them, they're all still taking, well, I can not anymore because I've stopped but, Yeah. On the, And they told my mother that it was down to stress.
0: Hang on a second. Uh, now. Hang on. Uh, your your mum developed. I think if I remember, you said blood clot, clot on the lung. You said for your mum, was it?
14: No, that was me. No, that uh, was so my uncle. So what? What, John, yeah.
0: what happened to your mum again?
14: Well, she's on blood thinners, thinners. for uh, yeah. heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she gets a nurse round her once every two, two or three, four weeks, whatever. And her blood's were either hyper thick or hyper thin. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's on warfarin for about a year. It took her a year to get it right.
0: And this is after she had the she jab? It took one jab. She had she one had, one job. Well, I and tried
14: then... to talk it out with her, but she sneaked off. <laughs> she sneaked off.
0: She sneaked off to
14: have the jab, yeah. And she would never go well, she won't right for a year. You yeah.
0: sat you sat her down before she had the jab, David, and you said, Listen mum, this is the way it is. You might not yeah, need this. Yeah, exactly. And it might hurt you. And your mum she didn't want <laughs> you to know care, so she it, went and had it. it. Oh.
14: Yeah, that's right, yeah.
0: <laughs> but but but, but, she, but she never had another one. She's she, she never had a follow up no, or have it again. A booster.
14: No no but everybody else has had it. They all think it's you know the riot. In fact, my uncle actually I asked him why he was still having it, and he said, Because it's free
0: <laughs> now that that is a well worn Yorkshire cliche that, isn't it, eh? I love that. Isn't because it? it's free. <laughs> well E boy gone, why do you yeah. because it's bloody free. Even after becoming <laughs> unwell. How do well, you eat what, yeah.
14: <laughs> yeah, no. what I'm saying is the change in it now, the flu job ain't gonna be the normal flu job, is it? And that's religious for the older people, isn't it, you know? And and
8: they're
14: changing know, it to the same now.
0: Do you know, David, about the flu jab? A nurse admitted to me back in my fallow field days in South Manchester back in back in twenty fifteen, so I went for a checkup. Um or a blood pressure test or something. And the nurse says, will you have the flu jab then, Richie? And I said, no. And the nurse said to me, would you believe, she said, this is a very strange thing, because she said that she knew about the program, which was very strange, because in 2015, the program was in its infancy, really, right? But she said, um, I know a little bit about your program. She said, let me share something with you. She said, we're given bonus payments um, for, the, for every so many people we can persuade to have the flu jab. We're given a bonus to nurses. She was very honest about that, very oh, yeah, forthcoming. Yeah, yeah. And then she said to me, "And she said, look, if you look it up, she said online, you'll find out that the flu jab is very rarely effective against the flu. It's usually oh, the wrong strain of flu, would you believe? Imagine that. And yet, and you wonder how many seniors know this—that the jab they're getting is probably not going to stop them getting the flu anyway. You're you're probably going to get it, isn't that right, David?
14: Right. Uh, yeah." Yeah, yeah.
0: Anyways, like you said, there's one i to I'm Losing you slightly there now. You're just, just drifting off on me there, David. I think we've lost him. The connection is gone. He's on a mobile there, and he might be somewhere rural. Uh, hence, the connection is gone. Let me give you the 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 uh, the jingle. Uh, but before I give you the jingle, uh, let's see. Sarah wants to come on. Let's get Sarah on. Let's get Sarah on the show. As The time is now 29 and a half minutes past the hour. It's the Richie Allen Show, live from Salford. BBG Towers, would you believe, With me, Richie Allen. Trying to get Sarah on because she was next in the bloody queue, but I can't get her on. Let me give you the contact details then. Let me give you the contact details then. Or we might get David back on. We might get David back on. Uh, caller, you are live. Welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with?
15: Hello there, BBG. It's uh, Marco. Oh.
0: Hello, Marco. Turn me off in the background there so we can have a chat. Go ahead.
15: Yes, yes. I was just interested in your uh, chat with Kay. I mean, I live in uh, County Durham, but I think I'm a bit further north than she is, judging by her accent.
0: You're a little bit further north, yes. You don't sound so Geordie, Marco,
15: yeah. I'm I'm almost Geordie, but obviously not uh, a native.
0: I get it now. I got it there. I heard it there in that sentence. No, you're definitely a Geordie. Lovely to to chat with you, Marco. What would you like to say, buddy? Go ahead.
15: Well, it
0: was just... Something... Th- th- somebody is throwing it... You're back, you're back. Hang on, Marco, we missed that because the line dropped momentarily. So if you wouldn't mind starting again, oh, go I'm ahead. Sorry. Not at all, mate. Go ahead.
15: Yeah, It's just that everything that's been on in the last three years... Um, it, it's amazing, some days you can actually find some kind of peace of mind. You know, a day like today, which up here is lovely. And it's beautifully, beautiful weather. You're out with the family and friends, you have a drink. And it's almost possible to imagine that none of this is going on.
0: I can't believe you said that. I was sitting in the garden yesterday with our neighbours Having a, a can a cold can of beer, the sun was splitting the rocks. We could hear children yeah. in the neighbourhood marker running around playing children's games, and I swear yeah. on all that's sacred, I had the very same thought. I thought, yeah. "This is how it should be." And for a moment, none of these problems—Great Reset, vaccine injuries—they didn't exist. It was just normality. Yeah, yeah.
15: I mean, I some. I mean, I spend my time. I mean. Thanks to yourself. I mean, I first heard you way back on Talk Radio Europe. Give or when we yeah uh, were visiting uh, Spain, we found your station, and I think I think it must have been Tony Gosling you were interviewing because he was talking about the Bilderberg Group. So I've been following all of this stuff over the years, into David Icke, and until you know COVID, it, it didn't really. It was all a bit of a. It was interesting, very interesting, and I could see signs of it, but it, obviously it didn't really come to pass that it became concrete until Covid. But even now, even though we've been through all of that, there are times when you think, well, nah, you've just been daft, you've just been led up a garden path, and uh, everything's all right, really.
0: Yeah, but hang on. that's
15: When you just see that.
0: That's good, Marco. That's a good, healthy skepticism to have about everything. You're my ideal guy, yeah. really. I mean, you know what's going yeah. on, but you you still retain the ability to be cynical about everything, and have a look at it two or three times before you make your mind. I, I like that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not wishful yeah. thinking. I think you're doing the right thing, but um. Yeah,
15: yeah. Very good. Well, I think you have to do it. You have to do it, Richie, because uh, otherwise you go bloody
0: mad, wouldn't you? Yeah, you go mad absolutely. Uh, yeah. Do you know? I've just had a message I mean, from Angela. Can I just say this, by the way? Uh, Because there's a certain theme running through the phone-in today. Angela has been on to say, tell um, Kay to find people on the website. Are you listening, Kay? LibertarianDrinks.com We have drinks evenings on the third Wednesday of every month in various locations all over the country. LibertarianDrinks.com Where you can go and meet people, have a chat, have a drink. And um, openly discuss things, I suppose. But yeah, sorry, Marco. I just wanted to read that out before before no, I no, forgot. No. Yeah, yeah.
15: I, that's that's very interesting because I mean, I found myself uh, I can't really talk about this stuff with just with anybody, really. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, there was certainly a sore point with my partner when uh, when it came to vaccinations and that sort of thing.
0: How do you mean? Was was, um, was your partner inclined well, to go she, and get jab? She
15: had to get vaccinated because she's a care worker. Um. And to be honest, I mean, I was... Because I think I'd listened to stuff, you know, you did about the Gardasil and what happened in Ireland and all of that. Yeah. I've, I'd become... Vaccines was never an issue for me, but I became... Uh, you know, I, did, I started to see these people coming on and they thought, well, there must be something in what they say. So when this big vaccination thing came up... Um, And I have a a, a sort of autoimmune disease. And I thought, well, no, I'm not going to do it. And I just sort of stayed off it, stayed away from it. And Um, and
0: can I ask you this now? Um, I'm not going to rush you now. So if, if I stopped you there, I don't mean to, but I want to go back just a little bit. And then we'll come back to your own reluctance to take the jab. But your partner, the care worker, had to take it. Did, was there any yeah. reluctance on her part to take it Marco or did she just go willingly and have it?
15: I don't know because we couldn't really talk about it I mean I, I had my doubts but I mean of course at the time what did I know I'm not a doctor I'm not a virologist I'm not a vaccinologist or whatever so I mean I remember one time it was Hayden hewitt was on your program you had a discussion. And I think Hayden said that you uh, you couldn't really tell people not to take a vaccine because if they did and they got if if they didn't and they got a disease, then you know you would be sort of partly responsible.
0: Yeah, I think all all you, I think all of us have a right to say to people that we have concerns about the jabs, and this is why. This is why I'm not going to have a jab, and we have the right to do that. But I don't feel we should be telling people don't do this or don't do that because we're all supposed to be autonomous, aren't we, Marco? Let people make their own minds up. Yeah,
15: exactly. But um, that's the—I mean, we couldn't talk about it because she she would get upset about it, and I think suggests that maybe uh, she wasn't too happy about it. I mean. She's, I don't think she's she's only had about a couple of jobs. She's
0: never had any of the other boosters. So, and do you mind me asking, are are you are you still together? Oh yes, yes, yeah,
14: yeah.
0: And you're happy, and, yeah. and and so so you you basically just very mature. You just learn to coexist. You see things one way, your partner might see it a bit differently, but you just learn to coexist, and you don't. You're certainly not brow beating her with the opinions anyway, by the sounds of it. Oh no, no, no!
15: I mean, I wouldn't do that. I mean, I mean, I've got a good mate. He's taken all, all virtually all. I haven't got many friends, but I mean, those that I do, they, they all seem to have taken the vaccine. And my best friend, I mean, he only uh, took it so he could go out to his apartment in Spain.
0: Imagine I mean, that. he'll
15: happily listen to me spout off, but I mean, I don't try and ram it down his throat, you know.
0: when, when you think back because to? at the end of
15: the day, it's only opinion, isn't it?
0: It is, yeah. But but your opinion is is based in what we know now overwhelming evidence that the jabs have done an awful lot of harm you know but you mentioned there the holiday that's the thing that really kind of made me really sad was like people were locked down and they were terrified they were really terrified a lot of people were Mm. and then we came to 2021 the summer and they realized jesus we we can get away now and get away and leave that silliness behind and locked down and of course um you know, many of them got the jab just for that reason. They might not really have wanted to have the jab, but they thought, I want to be in Ibiza, I want to be on the Costa del Sol, I want to be in Santa Ponza, I want to be in Turkey. Yeah. So they took the bloody jab, didn't they? Many of them. Well,
15: they did. Yeah. They did. Um, and now it appears that, for now, it's not necessary.
0: I know, it's ridiculous. And are where you like. And as for your mates who took it, I'm hoping the answer is no now, sincerely, but did any of them have any Issues, minor or otherwise, after the job.
15: I don't think so. No, um, you were. Uh, I knew uh, the only person. I mean, like I say, I haven't got a very wide circle of acquaintances or friends. But uh, the one person I did know had some trouble was a was a nurse at the hospital I attended. And you know, we we she was quite, you know, willing to talk about it. And she had some kind of problems with her leg. Haven't right. to take this thing. I think mean, it's the AstraZeneca. I, I'm not entirely sure if that's right, but uh, no, I, it's not come to my door, as it were.
0: Thank God. And I
15: mean, obviously, there's a lot of people. There are a lot of people who it has, and uh, from what I can gather, it seems to be fairly random as to who it afflicts. Um, you know, and the more I read, that, that I, I, I don't know where, how much. Uh, more wise or informed to get about it because there's have all sorts of contradictory uh, views on what's causing it. I think my best guess is that you know some of the the stuff that's in the I think the stuff is probably badly manufactured and uh, some of the stuff that's in it isn't uh, particularly good for you. Now whether it's effective or not, probably not, is it?
0: No, it that's doesn't. View, right? it, it doesn't seem that way, Marco. Mate, I'm going to take another couple of calls before I end up um, getting right on top of seven o'clock. That's a brilliant call, mate. Thanks so much for ringing in, North of Durham.
15: Yeah, all of us, Richie. Love the show. You're very She's kind, good mate. Work,
0: sir. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks, Marco. That's Marco, North of Durham. There. Um, yeah, yeah. I like the fact that Marco and the missus are are um, are together. I like that. Let me um, play the jingle, will I? I'm going to make a mess of this now because. I'm on a new system. I keep, I'm on new systems all the time. It's
1: your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus plus four four one six one eight one eight two zero one eight. 818 2018. Talk to Richie
0: now. Yeah, it's 20 minutes to, or 19 minutes to the top of the hour. Richie Allen Show, Tuesday's edition. May the 30th. I'm still missing three and a half teeth on my upper right mouth and uh, I'm not thrilled about it. (laughs) I'm not thrilled about it. Myself and the missus are going out on Friday and it'll be our first proper night out for a long, long time. And I thought that before Friday, I would have my little temporary bridge so that I don't look like Shane McGowan. God love him. Shane has had the implants, hasn't he? I would never have um, implants. For one, they're astronomically expensive, number one. But number two, I don't like the idea. I'd prefer to have a kind of semi-permanent or permanent bridge. But I thought it would all be done by Friday. Not all be done, but at least partly done. So I could smile at that. We're going to see Elton John. I know, I know, I know. We bought the t- the tickets three years ago. We bought the tickets before the, the scam-demic, would you believe? And it was cancelled so many bloody times. And... um so now we're um yeah we're going and, and I I'm going with a big gap toothed grin for want of a better way of putting it. Sarah has been very patient god bless her. How are you doing Sarah? Hello Richie nice to
6: speak to it's you again. It's lovely
0: to speak to you again. It's been I reckon it's been about a year and a half since we spoke last.
6: No no when do we to speak about the cost of living a few months back it wasn't that long ago.
0: Oh the cost of living that's right yeah yeah. Yeah yeah I was
6: having a right a right which, w- which <laughs> hasn't
0: improved Sarah has it?
6: But no, it hasn't. No. So I wanted to talk to you about my um, my brother um, who's going through hell at the moment. Um, He's 46 years old. He started being unwell. He's fit fit and healthy. No medical problems throughout his life. Um, He started having problems at Christmas. They um, went on holiday to Lapland with their little six year old. And he said he didn't feel right. And he got back from the trip and his legs started to swell. So he went to the GP and he was complaining about lots of different things. And the GP turned around and said, I'm not worried about that. I'm more worried about why your legs have swollen. Because obviously, you know, I don't know whether anybody knows, usually it can be a heart issue. Um, so he went through, cut long story short, he went through loads of tests and he was told then he had to go in for a kidney biopsy. Because they thought he might have chronic kidney disease so this was completely out of the blue so he went in had the biopsy and they've said he's got um proteins in his um kidneys and it's called uh amyloidus
0: amyloid amyloid so this is a protein they said they found in his kidney
6: yep they found in his kidney Yep, it shouldn't be there so what's happening is his, um, I'm, I'm not medical, I, I'm just trying to learn all about this myself, but in his um, bone marrow, it produces, obviously you have your cells, but something's gone wrong and it's starting to produce like little fibrils, little tissues that are going into your organs and it can usually, it affects your kidneys, it affects your heart, um, I'm not sure about liver, but those are the two main, main, main organs that it affects. So basically his kidneys are giving up um, anyway. So they said right now we need you to go into um, hospital and have a bone marrow biopsy because obviously now we need to get to the the stem cell of what's going on. So he had that last week. He's waiting for the results of that on the 6th of June. He's um, he's obviously panicking because when he was told he's got the amyloidosis, he's been told that he's got to have chemotherapy. So he said to the G, the, the consultant, um, are you telling me I've got cancer? And he sort of said, no, but we need to do the bone marrow biopsy to find out what's going wrong, basically. So he's waiting for that result. But obviously, I mean, he's, he's thinking all the worst things. And Me and my mum have been discussing what's been going on. And I said to her a little while ago, a couple of days ago, do you realise how serious this is? Even if it's cancer. um, If it's cancer, you know, it's not it's not great, obviously. But even with the amyloidosis, um, because it's treated in the same way cancer is, uh, he's going to have to have that lifelong treatment because it's something that builds up in your body. Your body is making these spike, these proteins now. Um, he, so he is going to go into remission, um, then he, he'll build up these pro, these proteins again, then he'll have more chemo. So obviously, you can see the pattern that this is life limiting. Because um, there's only so many times body's going to deal with chemo. Um, so apparently, four to 6,000 people in the UK get diagnosed with this condition. So it's very, very rare. He's now got to go to um, a London hospital for a, spe- a specialist centre, Royal Free, I think it is, up in London, that deal with this particular illness. It's come out of nowhere, Richie.
0: Out of nowhere? and Out of nowhere. You, you... And he
6: has been vaccinated. Yeah. But you can't, I can't say to him, he, he has said to my mum, that is this something to do with the jab? And my mum's just thought, sort of, well, you know, she's not been vaccinated, I've not been vaccinated. And what can you say? And he's not, because he's so scared about what's happening, you can't have that conversation with him.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking back to something Christy Grace said last week. I asked her to repeat it. She mentioned a term I hadn't heard previously, turbo cancers, that there's been an explosion in these, in people, otherwise healthy people. And you said, uh, Sarah, that this condition, amyloidosis, which I've probably pronounced badly, but it's rare. You said four to six thousand people a year get it. Wouldn't yep. it? Wouldn't it be interesting to see if there's been any spike in those numbers? If it's um gone up, maybe. Yeah. That it, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well,
6: you know, when we get down that road, I will. You know, I'll, I'll tentatively ask ask him to to try and find out. Um, but just as I, I was reading about all this a few nights ago, I came across um Mike Eden, and he was talking in London recently, and um. I sent the clip to my mum and he actually said these jabs are causing proteins. He didn't, it didn't necessarily say spike proteins. He said proteins in your body. And I thought, oh my God. And that's what Christy said to me
0: last week. The very same thing. And the first time she was on and she's introduced me to this gentleman, Kevin, this um, PhD, Kevin, Mc- McTernan or McLernan, God forgive me for not remembering the gentleman's mm. surname. He is going to come on the programme. And um yeah. yeah, they're they're talking about this causing to leading to a buildup of proteins.
6: Uh, it's mad. And and the other one that I was going to talk to you about, my my sister-in-law, she um uh, well, there's no way other way of putting it, she dropped dead. She literally dropped dead, she's forty-five years old. She was slightly overweight. Um, she smoked, uh, but had been vaccinated. I think she had the Pfizer. Um and she got up one morning at six o'clock in the morning, saying she couldn't breathe. She literally dropped on the floor. The ambulance got to her within sort of seven minutes. So she was living with her sister, um, who's got MS, so she wasn't that much helped, obviously, to try and get her back. Yeah. But apparently, they they got her back a few times in the host, in, in the on um, route to hospital, they worked on her in the hospital. By the time we got there, it was too late. She'd already gone. Um, so when we had the consultation with the um, the consultants in the family room. Um, they, they had no idea. All they said was that she had a heart attack. They couldn't, they did their best. They couldn't get her back. Um, and I just said, I said to them, uh, they asked us if there was anything that we wanted to ask. And I said, yeah, I said, the elephant in the room for me is, is this vaccine related? Because I know she's been vaccinated and she's had three.
0: Good for you for bringing it up. They
6: both looked at me. They both looked at me and they both said, we can't rule it out.
0: Well done for bringing it up. I mean, look, if I'm a bastard of a BBC presenter, I'll jump all over you and say she was a bit overweight and she smoked. That might have been involved, and you've got yeah. to consider that. But you've also got to consider yeah. the jabs, and exactly. if they're if they're saying to you, we 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 wouldn't rule that out. Well. I'm, I'm sorry, that, that's terrible, Sarah. I'm really sorry to hear. Yeah. I really genuinely am. It's not bullshit. I'm genuinely sorry to hear. No,
6: dear. no, it's, it, but I'm hearing so many stories, Richie. When you talk to people, you know, friends of friends and family members, and you think, people are just dropping dead. People are getting really ill. And there was something that occurred to me a little while ago. You know this Pfizer thing, it had to be It, it was. It had to be frozen or something, didn't it? It had to be at a certain temperature. And then there's all these spike proteins in this in this vaccine. And they're all in vials, and there's—I don't know—there's five, five or six jabs they can get out of a vial. So I'm thinking, how can they tell how much of the spike protein is going in to one injection if it's all floating around in this in this vial? They—they they can't determine how much somebody is actually getting of this this vaccine.
0: I'm going to put that very because that's never occurred to me. Um, that's very smart, uh, Sarah. That's never occurred to me. I'm going to no. put—I'm going to put that question to. Some of the guests who've been on who know a little bit more about that. That's a really interesting question. How can they yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> it just yeah. occurred
12: to me tonight
0: yeah. and I'm thinking... Now, there might be an explanation, there might be, but it's a good question. It doesn't mean it's not a question worth asking. And there might not be mm. a satisfactory answer to it either. So it's certainly one more, worse, um. And, and this lady, God love her, was your sister-in-law. Yeah. Married to yeah. your brother.
6: yeah. So, no, no, it's, yeah, 45 years old. 45. It was just a complete shock. And, of course, my brother's 46. Um, and how is he dealing with he's, it? He's, 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 no, he's not doing well, Rich. He's not doing well. He, he said he was, um, when he went for the bone marrow um, biopsy, which was not pleasant, um, he was in the cancer ward and he just saw everybody on their chemo and he just freaked out. He just
0: freaked out. Because he had a glimpse of what might be down the road for him, but maybe not, like, yeah. fingers yeah. crossed. Well,
6: it, it will be. It will be the can- It will be the chemo um because of the amyloidosis it's treated in the same manner as the chemo because what they what they try and do is they they totally wipe out your immune system in in the hope that your cells will regenerate and produce less proteins so and the other the other thing was that he could potentially um need a stem cell transplant so uh, we, we, we're just learning as we go along what, what's going on so you yeah. sound, i mean um, i've never even heard of it
0: no me neither you sound fairly stressed by it all. I mean, that's a stupid thing to say, but you do. You sound fairly stressed exactly. by it. Does yeah, it that's out- me.
6: That's me, Richie. I'm, 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 I'm fight or flight mode all the time. So, yeah, there's always something to deal with. I,
0: I'm, he, he's lucky to have you um, for a sister, yeah. to be honest, isn't he?
6: Uh, do you know what? The irony is we fell out and we've only just started talking again. We fell out over the vaccine because he thought I was a nutcase. And now he's asking questions.
0: How many people ended up? Again, we go back to this. Like, you, your brother, your sister, you love them. You know what's going on. They're like, I'm off tomorrow now to get me first uh, Pfizer. You, you've got to say something. Like you're compelled to say something. Mm. And for so many people, this ended up in estrangement. It really did mm. for so many people. But thank God, like, you're not estranged, and and and, and you're speaking now. But um, yeah. I, I, w- I wish him the best, Sarah. Do keep us in touch with how he's getting on, will you? Yeah, of
6: course I will. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, thanks for taking my call again. Well, thanks
0: for sharing that. It does help, doesn't it, when you have a bit of event, It does for me, to be yeah.
6: honest. Yeah, no, I know. But yeah, it would be interesting to ask that question about the, the vials and how can they determine, you know, what percentage of this, this spike protein they've and, been affecting. It's people.
0: a brilliant question because if there's something to your question, if there's something to it, it might explain why... It's so random, like Marco was saying about the injuries, why they're so random, why we see them in certain people and we don't see them in other people. But uh, yeah, Sarah, thanks. Nice to hear from you again. (laughs) Not nice (laughs) to hear that, but um, sincere, best of luck with it now, right?
6: Thank you. Okay, take care, Remind
0: yourselves. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks. Yeah, good luck to Sarah and to her brother. I should should have asked her her brother's name. I, I meant to do that and I didn't. We'll find out. Um, That's about it today, Uh, thanks to the callers. Lots of comments came in, by the way, and as is sometimes the case when um, we we do the phone-ins, I kind of lose sight of the comments, but don't uh, hold that against me. I want to say hi to uh, Norma, who uh, is in Iceland. I don't think I've heard from anybody in Iceland uh, previously, but uh, thanks, Norma. Norma says, I loved Kay. She was so informed and full of optimism. A great lady, says Norma in Iceland. Bless Kay. Thanks for that, Norma. I really appreciate that. And Tracy has been in touch to say, my dad died recently after hospital admission for hip fracture. He came through surgery fine, but then he was left in bed to rot. He developed pneumonia. He was tested positive for COVID with it, with the lateral flow test. Uh, He was tested because of diarrhoea. COVID was on his death cert. I'm sure because unjabbed. One doctor told me off the record. I was right when I said to bump... I was right when I said that this was done to bump up the numbers. One doctor told Tracy that putting COVID on the death cert was done to bump up numbers. Referred it, says Tracy, to a PF and I'm still fighting. Thanks. For sharing that, Tracy, Jesus. And again, I'm sorry that that happened to you, and I really am. It's heartbreaking. It's not happened to me. It's happened to me through a great friend, but not through a vaccine injury. Great friend of mine, um, um. Wife died, and might not have died if she'd been better looked after in terms of tests and scans and whatnot. So thanks uh, for sharing that, Tracy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm back with you tomorrow, Wednesday. Of course, I am because it's Wednesday at uh, five o'clock UK time for Wednesday's Richie Allen Radio Show. Do download the app if you. I mean, look, if you have a smartphone anyway, which are shit, they're shit things, really, aren't they? But uh, most of us, most of us do have a smartphone, so you might as well download the app. You'll find it on Google Play. You'll find it on the, 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 the App Store, the iTunes thing. Download it. You can send. A direct message to the studio very quickly, you know, but uh, if you don't want to download it, don't want to download it. Don't do that. Use the website. Julia says, how are you, Julia? Lee Hurst, the comedian, set up local contact groups on Twitter. It's meant being less lonely as uh, people, meet like, like, people can meet like-minded locals in the pub every two weeks. And we also keep in touch via Telegram. Uh, Thanks for that, Julia. That's really interesting and really really important to know that bit of information as well. Listen, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. I'm going to sit in the sun for a little bit, just for a few minutes, while I put the podcast online. And then I'm going to chill out and watch Succession, the finale, which I tried to watch last night, but I fell asleep. The sun and a couple of vloggers, you see, had gone to my head. That's what happened. Right here. Closing out with The Clash and Train in Vain. Thanks for listening today. Speak tomorrow. Bye now.